would not would be away on the fifth Sunday and we will we'll be away next Sunday we're actually leaving in the morning and we're going to Ripley Mississippi uh, and if you wonder what in the world is in Ripley Mississippi Ronnie Bearfield is in Ripley Mississippi and the Unity Baptist Church and Moises and his family going with us and we're taking them down to that missions conference there and we want you to be praying for us for a successful conference that the Lord would use now they do their missions conference a lot different than we do they they don't take out we take out uh, just out of our general fund we give to missions they don't do that uh, they take commitments for missions giving and they do it once a year and so they often raise well over $100,000 uh, for missions on their uh, Missions Sunday, which immediately follows their missions conference. So be praying for them uh, uh, that the Lord will move on a lot of hearts. A lot of people will respond and give well. Uh, and uh, then uh, they'll support a lot of missionaries. Uh, and they've been tremendous supporters uh, of several GPA missionaries as well as the Mercy Project down through the years and we appreciate them then uh the the ham uh family the mr and mrs ham's gonna go and meet us on the boat i guess probably that sunday or monday uh and we've got also we have if y'all remember kobe taylor uh used to do a lot of work around here he's gonna meet us out there and then we're gonna spend about five days on the boat in gulfport and we're gonna be doing some much needed uh, uh re you know just cleaning up and sprucing up and we got all four crew cabins need to be repainted uh, we got uh, the upper fair weather deck needs to be painted and I don't know how many of you know what a sanitary compartment is in a boat anybody know what that is okay well just think about the word sanitary and you'll get a good idea of what the sanitary compartment would be it's where we store that and uh, and uh, and then we have to have it either pumped or dumped, however it works out. So uh, we also have to paint the interior of that sanitary compartment uh, a week, not this coming week, but the next week. And so I have not volunteered to do that. Uh, so I have been in that compartment uh, more times than I would like to be in that compartment. But uh, uh, so uh, actually, Kobe is going out there to do that. He is the smallest person we know uh, of adult age. And so we're going to put him down in there uh, and uh, he's going to paint. And it's a slow process. So be in much prayer for all of us for the next couple of weeks while we're doing this work. And we are awfully busy during the month of May. My wife and I, uh, we get back and we'll be here that Sunday and then we immediately have to leave uh, to go to my grandson's graduation uh, in uh, right outside of Knoxville Tennessee and uh, so we're only going to be gone a couple of days but we're going to get here and then have to turn around and drive all the way back to Knoxville and then come back up here uh, on the Tuesday after that his graduation is on a Monday and so then we'll drive back on Tuesday so we're going to be awfully busy uh, during the month of May the end of April and so we'd appreciate your prayers for us uh, as we do have an awful lot of wonderful glorious things going on and all God's people said Amen. All right, I'm going to ask the ushers to come forward, and you give as the Lord directs, and I know he'll bless you for it. Uh, and this is our regular Sunday morning tithes and offerings. 
Uh, and a little bit later, uh, we'll have an offering uh, for the Melendez family, Moises and Abby and, uh, and uh, their family and their work and their ministry. So you will have an opportunity to give to that uh, before the m morning is over. And I'm going to ask Willie, if he would. Willie, would you ask God's blessing on the offering? Father, I just want to say I love you this morning. Thank you for chance to be in your house of worship and spirit and truth, Father. Just want to pray for the service this morning, Father. Just be with the choir yes. as they sing. Father, just be with the man of God who's bringing this uh, sermon this morning, Father. Is there somebody here who is not saved, Father, that today will be the day that they get saved for it's everlasting too late. I pray now for the offering, Father, the gift and the giver alike. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. with us and Julio yes that's right he was on the phone with you the other day Julio when you we were in the car so but very good to meet you and thank you for coming and translating It's a blessing to be here this morning and we uh, thank you on the hospitality that has been shown to us. Queremos agradecer de forma especial al pastor por todo lo que nos ha soportado, eh, los desvelos y otra vez la hospitalidad que han tenido. We are grateful for the pastor and all his uh, late nights with us and speaking with us, so we're very thankful for that. Bueno, este, más eh, en la semana vamos a compartirles unas tarjetas donde tenemos una presentación eh, y ahí van a poder ver un poco de lo que estamos haciendo en Panamá. So throughout the week, we're going to be uh, sharing our missionary cards with you and also um, what exactly we have been doing in Panama. Bueno, entre los retos que tenemos allá está la pobreza, la desnutrición, la falta de familias. So one of the challenges that we face in Panama is the uh, lack of nutrition, uh, 
There really isn't a family structure. Eh, también la, la religión que es, ellos tienen como espiritismo y brujería. Also, uh, in regards to religion, they have um, a mixture of religions, but the main one is uh, witchcraft. Y también tenemos, eh, bueno, el problema más grande que es la falta del conocimiento de Dios. And the biggest uh, issue that we are facing is that they uh, lack the knowledge of así, Jesus Christ. Así que Dios ha provisto la, la forma para que nosotros respondamos a esas necesidades. So God has provided us the means in which we can respond to these needs. A través de la iglesia hemos podido establecer un comedor de niños. So through the local church we have been able to uh, provide um, a lunch program. Y puesto que mi esposa es... Eh, Profesionalmente nutricionista, hemos podido ver la necesidad y a partir de 40, 60 niños semanalmente están recibiendo esa atención. Okay. And because my wife, uh, she is by trade a nutritionist, uh, we have been able to use her talents and to be able to provide a healthy meal to about 40 or 60 kids. Y también tenemos un grupo de mujeres indígenas que estamos, eh, el nombre es Mujer Virtuosa, como el Proverbio 31. Okay. Y estamos haciendo, eh, ayudándoles para que a través de sus um, manos, sus manualidades, ellas puedan superarse económicamente también. Okay. So, through this program of feeding the children, we have developed another ministry which is called uh, The Virtuous Woman, based off of Proverbs 31, where the indigenous women come out, they help us prepare these meals, and also uh, they prepare um, some sort of knits, uh, like knitting, um, Handcrafts so that they can also sell um, to the children and also sell to the community so they can provide uh, for their needs. Así que a lo largo de estos años Dios ha permitido que los grupos sigan creciendo, la iglesia se siga estableciendo y hay un hermano que está preparado ya para predicar, para encargarse de la obra. Okay, so and also within this time that we have been serving, uh, we have developed leaders within our local bodies so when I am not there, there's a gentleman, a brother in Christ, who, who preaches, and he looks after uh, the work. Y para terminar, quiero decir eh, lo siguiente. Sé que algunos conocen allá o han ido a obras similares. So I know that several of you know our work and have probably visited. Y quiero decir esto, que gracias a ustedes que han ido a estos viajes. So we thank you for those who have uh, come out and, and visit us. Es que podemos lograr lo que estamos logrando. Because of your faithfulness, we are able to do the work that we're doing there. Porque hacer un viaje misionero o apoyar un viaje misionero es hacer una obra que tiene un fruto eterno. Uh, he says that uh, to do the work of missions and also to support missions, it is a labor of love that has its results in eternity. Así que les animamos y les um, felicitamos por lo que están haciendo como una iglesia misionera. Okay. Uh, he encourages you and, and he's also happy in the mission-oriented church that you are. Porque tenemos un Dios vivo y resucitado. Because we serve a living God. Y nuestro trabajo en el Señor no es en vano. And our work in Christ is not in vain. Nuestra predicación es válida. Our, our preaching is valid. Nuestro testimonio es confiable. Our testimony is one that we can rest assured on. La salvación es posible. And salvation is possible. Y el pecado y la muerte 
ya están vencidos. And sin and death have been done away with. Así que nuestra vida so our life es una esperanza gloriosa. So our life has a glorious um y bienaventurada en Dios. Bueno, que nuestra vida tenemos esperanza para hacer lo que hacemos y compartirlo con otros. Because of what Christ has done, our uh, I'm sorry, Google Translate just went on blank. <laughs> Simplemente que estamos contentos de hacer lo que hacemos y agradecidos porque Dios nos ha dado esa oportunidad. Simple words. Uh, he, he and his wife are happy of the work that God has called them to do and what they are doing um, has its fruits here but also has its fruits in eternity. Amen. Así que Dios los bendiga. Muchas gracias. God bless you and thank you.
practiced this song uh, last Sunday, and Mike asked if I'd give his testimony before we sang this song. I'm out of breath. Um, the song's called Take Him to the Place. And uh, so the person that wrote this song, uh, growing up, she grew up in a home where she was sexually abused. And uh, the person that was doing that to her and the devil told her, you better not say anything to anybody because you'll be the one at fault. You'll be the one that people look bad upon. Um, it, it'll, it just won't turn out good for you, so you better just keep that a secret and keep that in. And that's what she did. She bottled it up for years and years. She was married to her husband for two years, her husband who's in a ministry, and they travel around and they sing and all. And she kept it. She was married to her husband, kept it from him for two years because the devil just kept on saying, if, if, she, if he finds out, he'll leave you for sure. You know, uh, you, you've got this shame on your past, and... Um, that's, it's going to be a negative impact on his ministry. He just can't have it. He'll leave you for sure if he finds out what had happened to you. So she didn't tell him. And it was torment within her. And, and the devil was just tormenting her. She had this bottled up. And um, yeah, you can start playing. And um, uh, so she didn't, um, she didn't tell him. And uh, she was at a point to where she thought, you know what, rather than him leave me, I'll just, I'll just leave him. And they were out ministering, she was on the bus, and it, she just got to a breaking point, and she screamed out to God, she said, she cried out to God and said, God, you've got to do something about this right now, because it is all that I can handle, it's all that I can take. So she walked out of that bus, she said she didn't get 50 foot beyond that bus, and this lady comes up to her, never met this lady before in her life. And the lady grabbed her by the hand and just started telling her about all these things that she had been going through that she had never told anybody. And right there is a lesson to me that when God's urging you to do something, you should probably do it. He's got a reason for you for even to put that little nudge into your heart to go speak to that one or go speak to this one. It's all God's plan. And you're a part of it. So when God's nudging you, you go. That's a lesson for me. But this lady came up and and she's talking to her uh, about these things. And and, and she just knew there's no way she would have known it. It just had to be God that sent this lady to her. And she just poured her heart out to this lady for two hours. And she just cried and cried. And the lady, she said she put her head on her lap. And the lady just, you know, just kind of ran her fingers through her hair and and, and it was just a time that she just poured her heart out and after they were done the lady said now that you have emptied yourself of that thing that's been hindering you I'm going to pray that God fills you with his spirit and she said that's what happened God just intervened in her life and and restored her relationship with her husband restored her family and, and gave her a ministry that she never thought she'd be a part of. And God told her, said, look, listen, you've got to tell people about this story. And took her to John chapter 11. She said, when I got to John chapter 11, I just didn't understand what this had to do. John chapter 11 is the story of Lazarus. 
And the interesting thing about that story is the story of Lazarus, where Lazarus was sick and he died. And, um, and the one thing when I was reading that, the interesting thing about that is when they went and told Jesus about Lazarus, and before they even brought Jesus on the scene, Jesus said, this, this sickness isn't about the death, but it's about the glory of God. Then they bring him to the scene. And the first thing they said is, if you'd only been here, if you'd have been here, it wouldn't happen. And how often, when we go through hurt in life, when we go through pain, somebody speaks something, somebody does something, we go through a trial, we say, God, where were you on that one? I've been there. God, why am I sick? And what's going on here? And they said, God, where were you? And he says, you know, take me to the place. Where have you laid him? Take me to the place, the source of your hurt, the source of your pain. Take me to that place. And on the way there, he could sense the, their unbelief. And he, and he says once again, hey, this, you, should, you shouldn't have this unbelief. This is about the glory of God. You'll see this. This is about the glory of God. And he takes them there, and he calls Lazarus by name, and he comes out of the tomb. And she says she knew in that moment that she was that Lazarus that she was that dead, that it was dead, the relationships was dying, her, she was dying spiritually within, just her, her life was just in shambles, but God called her by name and spoke life where there was once death. I don't know, we, we're all going through stuff. So I know there's someone here going through something, but Believe it or not, it's not about that thing that you're going through. It's about the glory of God. Amen. That's right. And I know that's hard to believe. Yeah. And sometimes, sometimes we want to know, God, what's going on? Where were you in this? Why didn't you do it? All I know is that God's ways are higher than mine. That's right. I, I stopped trying to figure out God a long time ago. Because God has a plan that I, I just can't see. He sees the end before it even started. And I, I just have to go on by faith, trusting that God has everything under control and that he has a plan. So what you're going through today, believe it or not, it's for the glory of God. But it may be that you need to empty yourself of that thing and that you need to take God to that place in your heart that you don't want anybody, you've been, it's, it's shame on your life, it's shame in your heart, you don't want anybody to know about it, so you've been bottling up. Maybe you need to take God to that place and let God speak life to you. Empty yourself of that, let God call your name and let him fill him with your spirit. Because if you focus on the hurt, then that's all it is, it's hurt. It's just pain. But once you give it to God, and it's for his glory, now there's purpose in that pain. So as we sing this song, as Denise sings this song, take him to the place. If there's something you're dealing with, with your, in your life, don't leave here today the same way you came in. If you came in bringing hurt, don't leave here carrying that hurt. Why? It just doesn't make sense. There is a good God of heaven <laughs> who can speak life where there was death. And he can speak life into your situation, but you just got to let him in. You just got to empty yourself. You just got to surrender to him and let it be to the glory of God. Take him to the place.
to the place where dreams were shattered and you felt you lost the race where the only thing that's left is sorrow and pain you wondered if you mattered or did anyone
I've been listening to uh, 
been listening to the 23rd Psalm just like over and over. I was going to get Adam to sing it, but he's already, he was down there anyway. I'm going to let Robbie sing this one because it works too. But if you know us as pastors, we use the 23rd Psalm all the time. It's so familiar. It's probably one of the most quoted Psalms that there is. It's amazing to me how something that's so familiar that almost becomes second nature that we can quote off by heart because we use it all the time, but yet can be one of the most important things in your life when you're going through all kinds of stuff. Because the Word of God is just so deep like that. The Word of God is also so powerful like that. And Robbie, when he started singing this song and when Daryl gave it to us as the choir and stuff like that, I thought, I'm not so sure this song is that deep. But it wasn't the depth of it that I needed, it was the truth of it that I needed. Boy, isn't it good to know that we have a friend that's closer than a brother. When it comes right down to everything that Christ is doing for us, all of these things are amazing and the depth of it is amazing. But the truth of it, there's just some days you need somebody to help you out, right? Because life is just, it's hard. And it's messy. And it's all of those things. Sometimes you just need to feel the Holy Spirit come along and pick you up when you need Him the most. You know, sometimes that comes from a friend that reaches out. Because if you remember, we're His hands and feet, right? And boy, Daryl hit the nail on the head this morning. That Holy Spirit that speaks to us and encourages us to do something, will we be obedient to Christ? I don't know what he's telling you to do this morning. Maybe he's telling you to come and pray at an altar. Maybe he's telling you to go to a friend. Maybe it's something that you're going to need to do this week. And you just need to settle it in your heart that you're going to do that no matter what. Maybe there's somebody you need to witness to at work, your neighbor. Maybe it's just somebody, maybe you need to apologize to somebody. How about that one? I don't know, but what is he impressing on your heart to do? And you're like, Lord, I'm going to do it. But you just need that Holy Spirit strength. Let me tell you, if you will be obedient, he will fill you. That's what he's talking about. You need to empty yourself to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Part of that empty is be obedient. Don't hold on to your pride and say, I'm not going to do that because of this or that. Or I'm not. No, empty yourself. Let him fill you. Oh, it's a good place to be. Let's be obedient this morning. It's simple what he wants to do, isn't it? It really is. Let's listen to him and worship and praise him this morning. got a friend He's closer than brother There is no judgment Oh how he loves him I've got a friend And he is my strength And he is my portion with me in the valley, with me in the fire, with me in the storm. 
all my days I've been held in your hands From the moment that I wake up Until I lay my head Oh, I will see of the goodness of
told Daryl just to get ready to sing something in a moment. Y'all guys can sit down. I won't take too long, though. But I want you to go because this is, this is the Lord working right here. Acts chapter 13. This was my text today. The very last verse of Acts chapter 13 is verse number 52. This was my text today. And the disciples were filled with joy and with the Holy Ghost. And the disciples were filled with joy and with the Holy Ghost. Dear Heavenly Father, we are thankful already this morning for your presence that's been real. Dear Lord, now we want to open up your word. We're not going to take long because the Holy Spirit is moving and I'm not sure if he's done or what he wants to do. Dear God, we want to speak about your word for a moment. Dear Lord, we do long to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Those who have tasted of it desire to be filled even more. But then, dear God, we all long for joy. We all long for something deep inside of us that speaks of the contentment of life. And while the world searches for it in every avenue and in every distraction that Satan brings along, we find that it is right here plainly spoken of in the Word of God. Dear God, it is my prayer that Satan would not hide it from your people anymore. That he would not blind us to the joy that can be had in Jesus Christ. That we would seek it. And you have promised if we seek you, we will find you. Help us this morning for a few moments in your word. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. I absolutely love the closing out of this passage of scripture. Paul and Barnabas are on their very first missionary journey. We examined last week the message that they preached there. And after they preach it, they all say, the people there say, can we come back the next Sabbath and hear you preach again? When they return on the next Sabbath day, Paul preaches and the whole city comes out to hear them. That's what the word of God says. And when the whole city comes out to hear them, the Bible says that the Jewish people that were there, that were a part of the synagogue, that they grew jealous. As a matter of fact, you can find that right there in verse number 45 of where we were. But when the Jews saw the multitudes, they were filled with envy and spake against those things which were spoken by Paul, contradicting and blaspheming. They are absolutely envious of the fact that Paul is drawing such a crowd and that they would want to hear what he is saying. What a sad motivation for people when they are motivated by envy and by jealousy. Not a good place to be. 
But as they recognize this, and as Paul recognizes this, he says to, him, he says to the Jews that are there, as you'll find in the next passage of Scripture, it was necessary that the word of God should first have been spoken to you, but seeing you put it from you and judge yourselves unworthy of everlasting life, lo, we turn to the Gentiles. Because you have decided for yourself that you don't want to hear the words of eternal life, we will now turn and preach this word to the Gentiles. The Bible says in verse 47 that this, excuse me, verse number 48, that this is what the Gentiles did. And when the Gentiles heard this, in other words, when they heard that they were going to get the gospel, they were glad and glorified the word of the Lord. And as many as were ordained to eternal life believed. If you were to go and look at that word, were glad, you're going to find that it's translated many times as glad, but more often than not, it's translated as rejoiced. They rejoiced when they realized the gospel was going to be preached to them. This morning, I've just got a couple of things that are very simple that I want to share with you this morning about this passage of Scripture. I just want to share with you about this passage of Scripture and also about what takes place at the very end when we see that the disciples were filled with the Holy Ghost. I believe with all of my heart that like I prayed, that, that everyone is looking for that joy. Everyone is looking for that thing that will sustain them, that will bring real purpose to their life, that will, that will fill in all of that deep down need that's inside of us. And the word of God has it there, but yet Satan is constantly blinding us from it, distracting us with minor things and oftentimes willing to distract us with major things in life. And here we see that these Jewish people, that as the word of God, now listen to this, and I do not have time to expound this point this morning, but this is what has been promised to them from the very beginning. When Adam sinned in the garden, God said that your seed, the seed of the woman, would crush the serpent's head. And from that time, God started to reveal his plan through the Hebrew people, that through them all the nations of the world would be blessed. And it started to become very plain. And here it was through Jesus Christ presented to them the absolute glory of the Father seen in Jesus Christ providing salvation for them. And it is made manifest in Jesus Christ right in front of their eyes. And they didn't believe it. And like Paul says, they counted themselves unworthy. They disqualified themselves from eternal life because they missed it, because they were distracted. What were they? Man, I want to preach it so bad. What were they? They were distracted by envy. They were distracted by jealousy. They were distracted by the fact of their own pride. That was the big one right in there. Jealousy, envy having its root in pride. That's where they were. But notice these Gentiles. I love this so much. They were just glad. They were praising the Lord. Nobody had even got saved yet. 
They were just happy for the opportunity to hear the gospel story. They were amazed that he would even take the time and come and tell them about it. They were blown away like Zacchaeus that he would come to their house today. Sometimes we've lost the wonder of it all, have we not? That's one reason I'm so excited to be in a church where we still praise the Lord. Where we come in on a Sunday morning and we're still excited about the fact that we're saved. Amen? I'm excited about the fact that we'll pick out a hymn that is an old and, and nobody's here. But Harry over here is excited about the fact that Christ saved his soul. And he's saying hallelujah. At a hymn you might be just like, oh, it's just another hymn. But he's saying hallelujah. It's important that we don't lose the wonder. That we're excited about the fact that he even thought enough about us to even give us the gospel. Here they are excited. They said they rejoiced. Like I said, nobody had even got saved yet. Nobody had believed yet. But they are rejoicing saying, hey, tell me that story about this man named Jesus. Please tell me who he is. I want to know who he is. We all know who John Newton is. He wrote Amazing Grace. What a great song, right? One that we should, again, never lose the wonder of. Amazing Grace. I love those songs. I stand amazed in the presence. But Eric the other day sent me another hymn. Not one that's very well known by him, but one that when I read it, made me realize how much this man can help us never get over what Jesus Christ has done for us. Never lose sight of the fact. So I'm going to read this. this is, I'm going to be done with this right here. You're saying, Mike, how does that all fit in with being filled with joy and with the Holy Ghost? Let me tell you, first step to being filled with joy is never getting over what Jesus Christ has done for you. Holy Ghost filling comes from praising the Lamb that was slain. Worthy is the Lamb. So I'm going to read this. Then Daryl's going to come around. We're all going to sing together. I don't know exactly how he's going to do it, whether the choir's going to sing, whether they're all going to sing. That's up to Daryl. That's Daryl's job, right? I trust Daryl. He did some good preaching this morning too, didn't he? Amen. We're going, to let the Holy, we're going to let the words of this hymn ring in our hearts. We need to ask ourselves this morning, are we still amazed by what Jesus Christ has done for us? It's called, In Evil Long I Took Delight. In Evil Long I Took Delight, Unawed by Shame or Fear, Till a New Object Struck My Sight, and stopped my wild career. I saw one hanging on a tree in agonies and blood who fixed his languid eyes on me as near his cross I stood. Sure never to my latest breath can I forget that look. It seemed to charge me with his death though not a word he spoke. My conscience felt and owned the guilt 
and plunged me in despair. I saw my sins, his blood had spilt, and helped to nail him there. Alas, I knew not what I did, but now my tears are vain. Where shall my trembling soul be hid? For I, the Lord, have slain. A second look he gave, which said, I freely all forgive. On the cross, did he not look to all? Father, forgive them for they know. That's not part of it. I just had to say that. I freely all forgive. This blood is for thy ransom paid. I'll die that thou mayest live. Thus while his death my sins displays in all its blackest hue, such is the mystery of grace, it seals my pardon too. With pleasing grief and mournful joy, my spirit now is filled that I should such a life destroy, yet live by him I killed. Dear Heavenly Father, help us this morning to never, ever lose the wonder of what you've done for us. May we always fall trembling to our knees and just say thank you God for loving a wretch like me help us in this invitation this eve, this morning in your name we pray amen you stand with us keep the father's love for us how best beyond all that he would give his only son to make a wretch his treasure how great the pain of searing loss the father turns his face wounds which mar the chosen one bring many sons to glory behold the man upon the cross my sin upon his shoulders Ashamed, I hear my mocking voice call out among the scoffers. It was my sin that held him there until it was a His dying breath has 
brought me 